0: Welcome to episode number 155 of the Lions podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined by Brad Allen. We are going to give you our final thoughts our final bets, our final picks on Super Bowl 55 between the Chiefs and the Bucks. Guys, as always, go in, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you listen to our podcast. We do appreciate you helping us climb up those charts and everything like that. If you want to follow me on Twitter at Matt BrownM2, if you want to follow Brad, at Brad Allen NFL. Brad, let's kick things off here with the injury report um, coming out of Thursday's practice. We're taping this early on Friday morning, so we don't have Friday practice report yet. But coming out of the Chief side of things, I think the one, the thing that's kind of jumping off the page, and this is something that, you know, m- we'll monitor, but everybody just assumed that Sammy Watkins was going to be back for this game for the Chiefs. He is now limited practice uh, two days in a row. Again, we don't have the injury report for Friday quite yet, but he has not gotten in a full practice yet, even with the extra week in between the Super Bowl and all of that. So I think everyone was just kind of, and me included, was just kind of assuming Sammy Watkins was definitely going to be back. But uh, certainly something to monitor is that practice report coming out on Friday to see if it changes at all. If he's still limited, I mean, we're talking about a calf injury for a wide receiver. Not only a calf injury for a wide receiver, but one that kept him out of multiple games to end the season. So uh, this thing might be more serious than maybe even I was uh, imagining.
1: Yes, so that, I mean, he. A lot of people expected him to play in the first two rounds of the playoffs as well, um, and then you know, for for whatever reason he didn't. So it, it's definitely not a slam dunk, and obviously, he's he's probably more important for props. Um, you know, there's going to be a, you know, you you'd expect him to be kind of the third the third most popular target for Mahomes, and so that's going to have a big cascade effect if he doesn't go, um, and even if he does go. You know, we, we we don't know exactly how how limited he, he'll be. Uh, just mm-hmm. reading the, the the PFF injury uh, expert, they they expect him to play. Um, no no real comment on on how effective he'll be, unfortunately.
0: On the Buck side of things, um, the big thing that jumped off the page yesterday was the role reversal of two different players. First, being Cameron Brait being listed as a limited participant in practice, popping up on the injury report with a. With a back injury, which was not something that had been listed before. So that is interesting. And then also Antonio Brown listed as a full participant. So again, those shenanigans with the coaches and their reporting where two, just two days ago we had Bruce Arian saying that it was a long shot. You know, he still has a long way to go for Antonio Brown to play full practice on Thursday. A couple of the other names that we've been monitoring that, again, only getting in limited practices Friday will be a big, big uh, judge as to how we think these guys are going to go. But Levante David, limited practice, Jordan Whitehead, limited practice, and Antoine Winfield, limited practice as well for this Bucks team. Yeah, I mean, well, you got two safeties there, and, and the best
1: coverage linebacker on the on the Bucks there. So, you know, they're they're, they're key mm-hmm. players. Uh, Levante David was saying this week, like, we're taking it day to day. I'm I'm listening to the coaching staff. So, I, I, it's definitely not a slam dunk that they're all they're all going to be in there. So, that is definitely worth monitoring. Um, and then the break thing, I think, to be added to the injury report. You know, normally if you see an NFL player added like on the day of the game, suddenly they're downgraded to questionable. Mm-hmm. That's that normally means they're not going to play um, because you know why else would you add them to the report. So definitely not a good thing for Bray, and obviously that that's got a knock on effect for, for Gronkowski targets and, and props as well.
0: Yeah, that is where we'll definitely make the correlation to that um, here in just a little bit. Uh, Brad, listen, the the weather is something that has been started to, you know, everyone's talking about it right now there. If you just go to the generic weather sites out there, they're saying, you know, a chance of thunderstorms or high chance of thunderstorms, stuff like that. I've seen a couple of weather men out there as who, you know, look at these advanced models and they, you know, they're looking at, you know, the the most predictive things on the planet and they're saying people are overacting to this that you know there's actually a decent chance that it doesn't rain at all that it could be clear for the game you and I have talked about this you know time and time again on the podcast all season long but I do want to bring it up yet again We're not all that worried about rain anyway, right? And like, it's really when it comes down to it, it's all about wind. And that really affects, you know, the passing games, how effective they can be and stuff like that. But, you know, even if there is a little bit of rain in this game, does that change how you view your handicap at all? um
1: potentially um maybe yeah, maybe that would make favor the bucks but um i you know the last report i saw from a weatherman i trust uh, was there, there should be no real impact on the game whatsoever from the weather so that, that's that's the that's the working assumption now um and yeah i guess we'll have to
0: reevaluate if anything changes but yeah no no, no change for me currently so let's look at the lines here across the board, because I think that weather news did actually affect the the total here a little bit. Um, we got the we got the total, uh, you know, ticking down a half a point, a full point at FanDuel. So we are sitting 56 at DraftKings. We're 56 at points bet, but we're 55 and a half over at FanDuel, Brad. And I think people saw this this weather report that it might fit might rain and ran to bet the under for for this game um you know I, I expect overreactions a lot of times from the public to to news but i mean for there just being a chance of rain to run and bet the under i don't agree with that uh, stance in this at all and so again i'm always just more worried about wind than i am anything else when it comes to these totals and so uh pretty interesting though but uh the total 56 55 and a half again like i said at FanDuel it is three across the board outside of um bet 365 is at three and a half right now plus money if you want the minus three and a half on the chiefs uh plus three and a half of course going to cost you i mean yeah a little bit of juice on the bucks but three across the board as we sit and um 56 55 and a half do you think that that total move was based off of people getting this like kind of very early weather report and overreacting yeah,
1: it's possible. I've, I've also heard, spoken to a couple of, you know, the, the model men, the math men mm-hmm. this week, and I think the general consensus is that this would be close to kind of fifty four and a half if there was mm-hmm. no, um, you know, if it wasn't the Super Bowl and, you know, probably just bumped right. up a touch. Um, so it, it might have just been some of that kind of algorithm money coming in there. Um, and again, you, you wouldn't be surprised to see this tick back up to fifty five and a half, fifty six, 56 as A, the public gets involved and B, the, you know, people realise it, it is going to be clear.
0: Yeah, if you do want the under, um, I talked to Johnny Avello last night and um, he, of course, runs DraftKings Sportsbook. I uh, I asked him, I said, hey, Johnny, I've seen this thing tick down. Are we assuming that just like every Super Bowl in the history of all Super Bowls, we're going to get, you know, we're going to get this thing tick up again once the public starts actually putting their money in play? And he's like, yeah, if you want the under, he said, I would wait for sure. I believe that this thing definitely gets back to 56 and a half and just depending on how popular this game becomes might even could tick to 57 just to pay. I mean, you know, they're in they're in a bunch of new jurisdictions this year, so they don't really know uh, exactly how much money is going to pour in for the Super Bowl and all that. So he's like, you know, definitely it'll get back to 56 and a half. And he said he wouldn't even surprise him if it got to 57. So, again, if you do want the under, I would hold out there. Uh, one of the things we also have is the money line and the money line sitting right now on this game minus 159 your best price on the chiefs which is right now at DraftKings. you can get plus 145 at bet 365 plus 144 at FanDuel. if you like the bucks now brad this is one of the this is one of the interesting scenarios uh the super bowl plays out a little bit differently than a lot of these other football games throughout the rest of the season where if you want to bet the money line The value actually comes if you wait up until basically the last minute to bet the money line, because most casual bettors like to put down a little to win a lot. They certainly don't like to put down more money than they win. And so money line bets typically fall on the dog side with the casual general public, and it creates a bunch of value on the money line for the favorite. So kind of, again, if you're you're looking for the chiefs on the money line, I would suggest waiting until... I mean, even even a couple hours before the game, if you you know, if you're able to bet mobily or on a computer or something like that, if you have to physically go in, that might not work for you as well. But uh, definitely holding out, at least traditionally, and also most Super Bowls leading into this one, that's been the profitable play for a Moneyline bet. Um, yes, I, 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 I,
1: generally I would agree with you, but I, I'm also, like you, I'm sure getting all these emails from the books all week telling us about their liabilities and where, where the money's coming in, and they all seem very, very heavy on the Chiefs. Um, so, But yeah, it is, it is mainly Chiefs minus three, because as you say, the public doesn't want to lay extra juice. Um, so yeah, you, you do get that. It's kind of synthetic uh, you know,
0: 1% or 2% edge um, come game day, yeah. So let's go ahead and start breaking this thing down here. And let's start with the Chiefs offense versus the Bucks' defense. I mean, we have, you know, we have the advanced numbers and we can run through those really quick for everybody where we're talking about a Chiefs offense that was number two overall DVOA. It was number five overall, according to pro football focus, as you would imagine, the pass offense very right up there at the top Two overall DVOA five overall PFF uh, rush offense, actually a little bit more efficient than I think most people would give it credit for. It just did, wasn't one of those things that they use or utilize very often. But, you know, PFF had them 10 overall. Uh, DVO, hey, had, had them 13 overall as far as rush efficiency. And then on the defensive side for the Bucks and how they match up against this Kansas City offense, they were one of the very best defenses all season long. Five overall, according to DVOA, five overall, according to PFF. Number five against the pass uh, DVOA, number one against the run DVOA, number four against the pass, according to Pro Football Focus. If you look at their pressure rate, they were number two in the league as far as getting pressure on the quarterback. You know, we're talking about sacks. They were fourth overall in the league. They were fifth in pass rush win rate, run uh, number two overall and run stop win rate. So. You know, Brad, there was a little bit of a lull there in the middle of the season where I think maybe this team was just wearing down. They were one of the very last teams to get a bye as it was in the NFL season. And you actually, uh, T- Tom Brady actually even came out and said it, you know, he said, I-, I think that bye hit us right at the exact perfect time. You know, we we needed the rookies to kind of get a-, a breath and we needed some of these veteran guys to get a breath as well. And they really kind of on defense turned it, around, turned it around a little bit as well after that bye. We know the offensive stats went up after the buy as well so um those are the those are the metrics as to how they match up here but how do you see this kansas city offense matching up against this tampa bay defense um, well, I guess the kind of the key matchup in,
1: and the one that I'm sure everyone will talk about is is the offensive versus defensive line. You know, four out of five backup starters for for Kansas mm-hmm. City on the off- offensive line against a defensive line with you know four, four, four very good players: Vita Vea back and Sue, JPP, and Shaq Barrett. And you would you would assume that they the Bucks will play, I mean, they will rush for, and they will play cover two. You know too deep behind it Um, and they will assume they can stop the run with you know just six in the box anyway and and I think they probably will be able to so uh, you know I think we're going to see a lot of pass attempts from the Chiefs I don't think they'll even try to run for the first three quarters Uh, in in the first game between these two it was um, the Chiefs most pass heavy game of the year they were they were about 90% passing in um, neutral situations there Um, although you know to be fair the neutral situation didn't last long because by the end of the first mm. quarter the Chiefs were 90% to win the game. Um so right right yeah i i yeah i, I expect a lot more of the same a, a lot more passing. Um so yeah so back to that key matchup. If if you know any other quarterback in the world any other scheme you would say yeah it's going to matter but i think i think Reid with two weeks to prepare and Mahomes um Will can nullify that and they will still move the ball you know there'll, there'll be motion there'll be screens there'll be rolling out of the pocket just you know everything that can nullify a pass rush will be will be done mm-hmm. um, and then you know even, even if you, we talked about this against the Bills even if you do get a free rush even if you win within two and a half seconds against your left tackle and Mahomes can just jump out of the way or or he'll do that thing where he drops back 15 yards you know he's just skipping skipping backwards down the field and then he'll throw it up anyway so um, yeah I think I think we have, you know, in in the NFL generally, the analytics will tell you, excellent offense is you know will conquer all. That excellent defense will get beaten by excellent offense. Um, and I think we have two excellent units, but uh, one is kind of you know generational. One is one is the best one of the best units we've ever seen, possibly the best unit we've ever seen. And um, yeah,
0: I, I don't really see the Bucks slowing them down too much. So you look on the Bucks and uh, their their defense, they blitzed at the uh, they blitzed at the fifth highest rate. In the NFL, so we know that they love to blitz. But I kind of think this is a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation with them because if you take a look at at how Patrick Mahomes performs against the blitz, he is one of the very best quarterbacks in all the NFL against the blitz. And I think a lot of that has to do with the play calling and the scheme that they run on the offensive side of the ball, where most plays have multiple options. Right? Like the, like a lot. It seems like these. Uh, it seems like the Chiefs pass just a massive amount but really they're running a lot of RPOs that Patrick Mahomes just doesn't ever really hand the ball off, right? Like he always is pulling it out and he's, and and he's always throwing it, but a lot of these looks and a lot of these plays are, are, are multiple. And, and so I kind of expect, like you're saying, like I expect them to have a game plan for, okay, if they're blitzing us a lot, we'll start running this playbook. If they are trying to just get home with the front four and if they have success getting home at the front four, then we start running these type of plays. If they are not, and Patrick Mahomes has all day to throw in the pocket, well, then we know what he's going to do anyway. So that's not even really anything that they have to really scheme for. If you get Patrick Mahomes all day, and you've got Tyree Kill, and you've got Travis Kelsey, and you've got these other guys that run four threes, then uh, it's going to be bad news for you. So I do expect them to have kind of a a miniature game plan ready to go for all three of those scenarios. And so, I, I, you know, I'm not all that worried about whether the bucks are going to be blitz heavy or whether they're not, how they go about all that? Because I do expect Andy Reed and, and, and company to, to really have a plan for whatever, whatever uh, style of defense that the bucks decide that they're going to play in this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can you can slice and dice like Mahomes versus this coverage, cover two, cover one, mm. blitz, whatever, and he's he's elite against whatever you're going to do. Um, as we say, I, I do expect them to rush four and drop people behind it, double Tyreek, double Kelsey, um, and and go from there. You know, make them beat you ten times rather than right. you know, get get beat once over the top like they did in in the in the first game. Um, so. Yeah, but like, like you say, I, I, I just I don't think it matters. I think I think they're they're so good it doesn't matter, and they they have a plan for everything.
0: So let's take a look at the Tampa Bay offense versus the Kansas City defense. If we're looking at just, again, the advanced metrics, and then we'll go kind of give you our thoughts on what we think will play out. Tampa Bay offense was actually one of the better offenses on the entire year. I know that maybe it flew a little bit under the radar, but, you know, number three overall DVOA offense, number six overall offense, according to Pro Football Focus. It was the number five offense, uh, number five pass offense DVOA, the number 10 rush offense DBOA. The number two pass offense, according to pro football focus, the number 11 rush offense, according to pro football focus. One of the other things that was really good about this uh, Tampa Bay team, as we know, Tom Brady. Immobile as they come, can't run out of sight in half an hour, even if he tried. But they were number four overall in pressure allowed. They were number three overall in adjusted sack rate, which if he's not under pressure, he's not having to try and avoid being sacked or anything like that. He's not having to do those Tom Brady self sacks where he just collapses in the pocket because he doesn't want to take any chances whatsoever. So this line kept him protected very, very well. All season long and something that we'll be monitoring, you know, early on in this game is will the Chiefs be able to get the type of pressure on Tom Brady that they were able to get on Josh Allen? It seemed like Josh Allen was running for his life every single time he dropped back in that AFC championship game. And uh, I actually listened, Brad, to one of the. Bill's offensive lineman was on one of the radio programs this past week. And what he was talking about that the chiefs did in that game, which I can only imagine they will also try to do in this one is he said, they started moving the pieces around to where what we saw on film wasn't recognizable to us as to what was happening and what was going on. So we had in mind of what it looked like when they were going to blitz or when they were going to run this defense or when they were going to run that defense. But they would take a big guy and they would move him out and replace him with like Tyron Matthew or move Tyron Matthew to a different place and move this guy over here. So they were disguising these blitzes and these different coverage looks because they were just moving the pieces around from what they had done all season long. So there was no way for the offensive line to just eyeball it and go, Oh, okay guys, this is what we saw in film. They were doing this, you know, and whatever, because they, they moved the chess pieces around, which I think is a, a, which I think is brilliant, which I also believe is, um, is why we saw as much pressure on Josh Allen as we did, because again, this offensive lineman for the bills was saying, we were just confused. Like we didn't know what they were coming with because they did so much mixing and matching. And so, um um, that that all is a big preface into some of these advanced stats that we're going to get from this Chiefs defense I think maybe um, you know for a season-long look maybe are not an applicable as applicable in this game but uh, we'll give them to you anyway this number 22 overall DBOA off, uh defense number 18 overall PFF defense they were 16th against the pass according to DBOA 13th against the pass according to PFF this is where the numbers really jump off the page is the rush defense PFF has them at 23rd in the league D has them at 31st in the league run stop win rate 26th in the league 22nd in tackling if you look down 32nd uh, red zone defense which would be dead last of course in the league so there are a lot of uh, very low scores here uh, Brad when it comes to this Chiefs defense when we look at the overall grand picture but I think maybe like this offense where we say, though, we expect a bunch of wrinkles and we expect them to change things up. I think maybe this defense as well, that Spaggs maybe has started to, um, I'm not going to say open the different playbook, but maybe he has started to look at some of his old bag of tricks.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I I love this angle. I think I think this is the kind of key angle of the game. I think the Chiefs defense is the most underrated unit here. And it's for exactly the reason you just said, like, I, what 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 you can see a little bit with the Chiefs this year on defense is that they run some of their exotic blitzes and exotic coverages in the first half, and then in the second half when they're up seventeen to three like they were against mm. the Bucks, then they just start trotting out cover two, um, and yeah, they they come back so the, the numbers look bad, um, and then but Spagnolo he is uh, he, you know he's dialing up literally everything he's got now we're in the playoffs um, so. Just over the last two weeks, they would have been the best NFL. They would have been the best defense in the NFL by DVOA, um, based on based on the numbers they did against the Bills and the Browns, who you know two top eight offenses there. Um, and I think it was Nate Tice at the Athletic, um, you know, former NFL backup quarterback. He was saying Spagnolo is a, a perfect playoff. Coordinator, because he, he's no longer worried about putting anything on tape and you know saving his best coverages. He'll 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 just dial up random stuff that you've never seen before, like like the Bills offensive linemen mm-hmm. were saying, which is interesting. We've got we've got to that from two different angles, um, and yeah, it confuses teams. Um, now, re- obviously, remember Super Bowl against the Giants 10, 10 years ago. Now it was Spagnolo versus Brady, uh, that that famous upset, and um, you know he he confused him then because he, he's got two weeks to uh, to prepare various exotic blitzes and I think that kind of that idea is that I think the two week break favours the Chiefs a lot Um, you know it's it's on, the, on this side of the ball, it's Spagnolo versus Arians. But again, what you'll hear about Arians is he's going to run his stuff. You know, he, he runs mm. he runs his plays and that's it. Whereas Spagnolo, as I've just said, he, he's he's very game plan specific. He's very team, spe- team specific. Um, and then it's, you know, similar for Andy Reid and uh, Todd Bowles. So again, Todd Bowles, they kind of, they run their stuff. Uh, whereas Andy Reid, will, he'll cook up all sorts. So I, I do think the extra time favors uh,
0: favours the Chiefs on both sides of the ball. So I actually think that this matchup, I, I keep hearing a ton about the Chiefs front four going up against going up. I mean, the uh, the Chiefs offensive line going up against the Bucks front four is kind of like the the most interesting matchup in this game. And I actually think it is going to be the the offensive line of the Bucks going up against the Chiefs defense, to me, is the most interesting matchup in the entire game here. Because, listen, you and I both said when we were breaking down the other side of this even under pressure i'm still i'm still back in patrick mahomes right like i still like what patrick mahomes can do even if he is uh, getting pressured and even if he is you know having to to take a sack here or there what i'm not really in uh, super encouraged about is if tom brady is under pressure a ton and if tom brady is getting hit and if tom brady is taking sacks and stuff like that I actually think that is the real big turning point, the real big, like most interesting matchup here to me in this game and probably the way that this game swings the biggest. Because again, look, Brady was great all season long. He's not been great in the last two playoff games is there correlation between the competition being better whenever you're playing, you know, in, in playoff games, maybe there is a correlation there as well. But one thing that we can't deny, even if it was just, maybe it was two off games for him. One thing we can't deny is the fact that he has no mobility whatsoever. There is no such thing as escaping the pocket for Tom Brady. There's no such thing as Tom Brady making, you know, a play with a guy dragged, you know, draped on his shoulder because he never even allows it to get to that point. When he feels that first touch on him, he just hits the ground. And so if if the bill, if the Chiefs are able to do even at a let's call it even a 60 percent level of what they were able to do against Josh Allen in the Bills, I think this could be a very, very long day for the Bucks and maybe even a chance for this game to somewhat get out of hand. Yeah. Oh, yep yep strong
1: agree so just to put some numbers on that so Brady under pressure ranked 30th out of 36 quarterbacks this year in DVOA um when blitzed, they went he went from so fourth in EPA per play without the blitz down to 19th in EPA when blitzed and as as we've just gone mm. gone through he's going to get blitzed a lot like they you know Kansas City are happy to man up on the outside and they they send the most cover zero blitzes in the entire NFL um and We've seen it all year long. Like we saw against Green Bay, if there's a free blitzer or someone wins quickly, Brady will just chuck it up. He's not mm-hmm. interested in getting hit at 43 years old. So, um, yeah, I, I I do think uh, that's kind of the the, the most underrated uh, mismatch of this this
0: game. All right, so let's talk about uh, ways that the Chiefs win the game. Like, what is the game script for the Chiefs to win the game? What is the game script for the Bucks to win the game? Um, you know, kicking things off with the Chiefs. So when we look back at the box score on Monday, you'll be able to look and you'll say, like, okay, the Chiefs won this game because what? Um, Patrick Mahomes was
1: Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Um, so one thing I wanted to mention earlier, actually, was um, that, you know, there's, there's this question is, oh, have the Chiefs been saving their good plays on offense, mm. you know, or are they, are they actually the fifth-ranked DVOA offense as we've seen this year, or are they kind of this all-time offense, which I think people kind of think they are? Um, and I would say, so you look over the last two years, the three best offensive outputs by EPA per play all came in the all came in the playoffs um, which suggests to me that yeah they, they are saving mm-hmm. the good plays um, Mahomes on um hold on I'm going to have to find this stat basically he's the best he, he's led uh, the Chiefs to the most the highest percentage of touchdown drives of any playoff quarterback ever mm-hmm. um, by about 15% he's at like 48 next best is 33 or something so yeah basically I, I do believe that they are, they are saving the good plays and I also believe they're saving the good plays on defence so for them to win the game I think they just do that. They do what they did against the Bills. They do they do what they did against the Browns. They do what they did last year's playoffs, you know, they just mm-hmm. they just give the ball to Tyreek and Kelsey and um unleash the blitz and uh, that's that's just the
0: recipe to win. I think the on the buck side of things, if we look back and, and we're like okay, the Bucks won the game and here's why they won the game. I think a couple of different things. One um, I think it's almost imperative for them to win the turnover battle. Um, even if it's just one to nothing, whatever it might be, getting an extra possession and taking a possession away from the Chiefs is certainly going to be uh, something that I can see as it leads to a path to victory here for this Bucks team. I think the other side of the ball is 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 you know we we've talked about Brady, we've talked about what we haven't talked about is either run game really, and I think that you know a, a path to success for this Bucks team would be if they're able to run the ball successfully. And of course, if you're doing that one, it bleeds the clock. As we know Two, if there is a weakness on this chiefs team, it would be their run defense. And then on top of that, if you're running the ball and if you're bleeding the clock, and if you're continuing to just move the chains methodically, you're also keeping Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on the sideline, and they're not running up and down the field and scoring points on you. So um, I do believe that, uh, you know, if if we look back at the box score, on Monday, and the Bucks have won this game, I I believe that it's going to be a winning turnover margin for this team and some sort of run game success. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean Leonard Fournette's going to run for 150 yards. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, just being able to have some sort of run success on the ground, being able to extend drives and being able to keep Mahomes and company over on the sideline, I think, is, is, is probably what we will see play out here, I think, if the Bucs win this game.
1: Uh, Yeah, again, I I agree, exactly. So I think it's got to be, you know, I think Mike Remmers is going to be left tackle this time. And you might have seen the the memes or the the gifs floating around from the Broncos-Panthers Super Bowl in 2015, where he gave up a couple of strip sacks to Von Miller. Um, So I think, you know, they basically they need that the Bucks need one or two of them where they get the ball strip him and you know suddenly they're mm-hmm. automatic red zone possession um, so I would say they, they get a lead like that and then they are running the ball very effectively you know six yards a carry mm-hmm. and then the Chiefs are forced to commit more men to the box because they're you know they can't just let you run six yards a carry while, while they're behind and then you can start hitting them with play action over the top That that's how they win the game mm. um, but that you know all that is all reliant on not Like not getting your head caved in by the Kansas City script and stuff, you know. You need you need to play from ahead in this game. Like I think if they fall behind and Spagnola, you know, it's third and eight and you're down fourteen and there's blitzes coming at you from like the slot and stuff. I I think they're they're in real trouble. Um, You know, however good Brady has been at bringing his team back in the past, so yeah, I think they need to play from ahead and as you say, get get some turnovers. I uh,
0: I I would also add to that, just as this is not from a. actual on-field stat or anything but um, Arians also needs to be aggressive in this game like he can't we cannot have these fourth and two punts from the 45 or something or anything like, that. like if you're if you're not if he's not going to be aggressive in this game then I think the Bucks are going to have no chance as well so that's another reason that's another thing that I'll be looking for kind of early on here if uh, if Arians when if Arians is is whether he's going to be aggressive or not um, case case oh what's that sorry i was going to say it's tricky as well though because we we do think they probably need to run the ball you
1: know that that's mm. they are going to they probably do need to run the ball but you don't want them to be running on first and second down and then mm-hmm. get into third and, third and five and and beyond so it's it's going to be tricky for them it, they just they probably just need to be very very efficient running the ball which is is no guarantee um you know cuz chris jones is very good up front for a right. start so
0: uh, it's it's a, it's a dilemma for them yeah so let's make the case for the over and a case for the under. I'll fully admit I do not have, uh, I don't have a total ticket in my account yet. Um, if this thing continues to fall, maybe I will. Maybe I'll come in on the over. Um, but uh, a case for the over for me, Brad, is just the the fact that. Listen, I I'm I, I lean more like you. I lean towards more that this Kansas City offense is more like one of the very elite that we've ever seen as opposed to just an awesome offense. And so I expect no matter what they get thrown at them, that they're going to have success in, in, in scoring. And, you know, do I think that this is going to be a replay of a lot of games that happen with Kansas City throughout the course of the season? I don't. I don't think that they'll just completely sit back. But at the same time, I do believe that there is a couple of different scenarios that play out here where they do at least soften up on the defense because they have gotten out to a lead. And I do believe that the Bucs will be able to move the ball and, and and put in, you know, maybe take advantage of a couple of those opportunities. The other thing is, and that kind of bleeds back into the, the last comment that I just made is, look, this is a Super Bowl, right? I mean, there's nothing left after this game. You're not holding anybody back. You're not holding any plays back. You're not holding, uh, you're not worried about what people say if you go for a fourth down or what's uh, you know things that because you got to move the ball you got to score and if you're down you know that's just the way that that you've got to play and so also I think the aggressiveness of both coaches uh, is also a thing that plays in towards the over in this thing because again I I don't believe the Bucks are going to win by punting on fourth and twos and and things like that at midfield and whatever like they're they're going to need to be aggressive and if you get it then you extend the drive and you get on score points if you don't get it you're giving Patrick Mahomes the ball at midfield right so that leads towards an over as well with all this so I think aggressiveness also from, from both aspects can lead towards uh, an over in this thing.
1: Yeah, like you, I've not bet uh, over or under here. Um, so, yeah, I'd say the a couple of paths to the over. I mean, one, we expect the Chiefs to be throwing it 80-90% mm-hmm. of the time on early downs, um, which is obviously favorable for the over. You know, stopped clocks, more more turnovers, more sacks, um, more explosive plays you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and another route is what is, I would say, the same way the Bucs win the game is that they get ahead early and the Chiefs just throw 100% and mm-hmm. then the, the play-action game starts working for the Bucks and they they start running downhill. I think that would be a, a favourable game state for the over. Um, it's also worth noting the first game, 51 points, but there was like 900 yards of passing. You know, that that was a <laughs> right. dead-not over game. That should never have gone under there. There was red zone turnovers, fourth and one punts just over midfield. You know, the only way that could have... get That game could have gone under was the way it did. So, um, yeah, we, we've already seen these mm. teams... Move the ball very efficiently on each other, so um, you, you shouldn't be surprised if that
0: happens again. So let's say we uh, we're opening up the box score on Monday, and this is a twenty-seven to twenty game, and it stays you know well under here. What is the path to the under in this thing?
1: To me, it's it's Spagnolo blitzing the hell out of Brady. Um, it's, it's Chris Jones wrecking that backup right guard, um, Aaron Tinney, something like that. I forgot his name. <laughs> he's, mm. he's a backup right guard, and Chris Jones is basically only behind Aaron Donald um, among interior NFL pass rushers. So that's you know that's a huge mismatch, which which I should have mentioned earlier. Um, so yeah, it's it's and then sticky coverage on the outside from um, on the Bucks receivers. So it's it's them not moving the ball, and then it's probably the Chiefs, um, yeah, getting you know, not holding up that well up front, getting, um, giving up a few early sacks and, and being forced to punt. So, you know, again, there's a path there. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I don't have an opinion on this. It's, you know, you can see both, both of those happening, can't you?
0: Yeah, it's, I guess for me on the under is a couple of things we talked about that we would need to happen for the over. Like if, if, if for whatever reason, Arians just, uh, you know, does play this thing super conservatively. And like we said, like, is very inefficient in the way that they run this offense and is is not aggressive at all. And, you know, to get to an over when we're talking about 56, you need both parties to participate here. So I, I think a path to that would be just that the Bucks don't do their part. Right. I mean, like that the Chiefs could score. 35 in this game or 38 in this game, and the Bucks just don't do anything. They score 10 or 13 or something, you know, and and we look up, and we go, wow, they just completely got neutralized on offense. And uh, you know, because they were running, you know, like you were saying, run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass, like you run on early downs and then they know you're gonna throw in third and you're not able to convert, and then you punt the ball away. And so um, I think that is also a pass path for the under. I also I do also believe, though, if the Bucks have a ton of success. Running the ball, which like we think that's probably their best path to path to victory, then um then that could lead to an under game as well. And with that, I would say if you are a Bucks backer, I would probably lean more to the under. And if I was a Chiefs backer, I would lean more to the over. Do you think that's fair as far as like how this game plays out?
1: Um, not necessarily, because I I can see the Chiefs kind of. Taking the air out of the ball, I like. I think if the Chiefs are forced to pass, you know, if, if they're behind mm-hmm. and they say they don't cover, but you know, they're going to be effective. Like they mm-hmm. ne- never in Mahomes' career have they not been effective passing the mm-hmm. ball. Whereas I can see, you know, I can see the Bucks not being effective at all. So the Chiefs could cover, but then it would go under. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm right on the right yeah.
0: I, I guess I, what I should have said is if you if you favor the Bucks. I would think you would also favor the under because I think you would want a an inefficient offensive performance game, maybe an ugly game, maybe a sloppy game. I think a Bucks win is more favorable to an under game playing out. Is base, maybe I should have said it that way?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably disagree. To be honest, I, I think I think they have to score thirty five to win this. Um, you know. I I don't think they're getting it done with 28 or not. I don't think they're holding the Chiefs to 20. So um,
0: I, th- I think they have to win a shootout personally. So we went over a props bet, uh, all of our prop bets. And there's a separate video for that on the cha- on the YouTube channel if you guys are uh, are just getting this. But I do want to go over our three favorite real quick just to put it out there. Uh, Brad, what were, what were the three favorite ones that you made? Of course, again, we have a full list. There's a video up on YouTube. So go ahead and you can check out the whole thing. But what were the three favorite? What are the ones when, as soon as you made them, or the ones that you've, now that they've been in there a little bit, and they've been simmering a little bit that you're like okay I really like this yeah the
1: one I keep coming well so one I keep coming back to is um, is Kelsey's stuff mm. um, you know you, um, a lot of the books you can bet Kelsey 100 yards and a touchdown or you know Kelsey to do get 150 mm. yards I, I basically like all pro Kelsey stuff um, you know as we've discussed I think they're going to play a lot of cover two, try not to get burnt deep and Against the bill, the Bills did that, and they. Hit, I think Kelsey went for what do you go, fifteen receptions, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so I think that's just well within the well within the range of outcomes. So um, Kelsey stuff is is one I liked. Um, another one I like tours. I don't think we did talk about it, was Tyreek over five and a half rush yards. Uh, I bet that uh, bet three six five. Um, basically, again, we don't think they're going to be able to run the ball in the traditional manner, mm-hmm. um, and in your biggest game. You want the ball in Tyreek's hands because he's just the fastest player on the pitch, the fastest player on the field. So, um, yeah, I like that one. And and, uh, the PFF prop tool said that at about 15% edge as well. Um, And then I've also bet uh, Kansas City rushing yards under. Um, I saw about 90.5. I'll probably bet that down to about 85.5 if you can see that again based on on how we see the game playing out.
0: Yeah, my three favorite. um, One is a Kelsey as well. I I like Kelsey over seven and a half receptions. I just, I really, really, really love that bet. Again, same deal. Like he is a safety valve. He is also a playmaker. And he is also a guy that understands him and Patrick Mahomes have such good rapport. If Patrick Mahomes gets under pressure, if Patrick Mahomes is flushed, anything like that, we've seen time and time again. Kelsey understands how to cut off a route. He understands how to come back and ask for the ball. He understands how to go and find a hole in a zone and all that. So, It would not surprise me to see Kelsey get 14, 15 targets in this game. And with that, I feel very comfortable with the over seven and a half receptions. The other, I really like this Brady over half a yard rushing at plus money. I mean, it's plus 145. On Brady for for to get one yard rushing. I obviously you've heard over the course of this uh, over the course of this, I'm on the Chiefs, and so I don't expect Tom Brady to be kneeling down at the end of the game. So I don't expect that he was that, that the yard might get taken away. And we know Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback sneaker of all time. If there is a third and one or a fourth and one, that is a dire situation for this team. They're not going to be handing the ball off to Lenny. It is going to be Tom Brady doing what he does with a quarterback sneak, and we just need. One successful attempt on that in order to get the over of a half a yard. And again, you're getting plus 145. I mean, that's that's the big thing for me is you're getting really good plus money on it as well. So, uh, you know, hey, if the Bucks have the lead at the end of the game, Tom Brady kneels down and and we lose this bet, then that uh, doesn't, doesn't play out how I thought the game was going to play out. But I uh, really do like the over uh, half a yard rushing for him as well. And then the other, uh, I think the other one, the more and more that I keep looking at this is, uh I really do like this under Daryl Williams rushing props and stuff. Like, I I just, I am of full belief that one, you know, they rode Clyde Edwards to early in the year when he was healthy. And I see no reason why, if they do want to run the ball here, why they would really, you know, try to force feed Daryl Williams carries. I don't believe that that's going to be the scenario. And also, like we said, I believe that they pass a ton. You know, I just believe that this is, Eight out of every 10 snaps it could be could be a pass attempt in this game. And so uh, under Daryl Williams on rushing yards is are, are my three favorite prop bets in this thing as well. All right, Brad, let's close things out here. Let's wrap it on up. Uh, side total money line uh, thoughts on all three, uh, whether you have them in your account or not. Yep. So I
1: do have some Kansas City minus three. Um, Mm -hmm. I've got some essentially Kansas City money line via some futures. Um, But as you pointed out earlier, you you get a little bargain on that Mm -hmm. as well. You might get minus 150 come game day. Um, and I think that's a superb bet as well, given the Chiefs haven't really lost a, a meaningful game mm. for, for a couple of years <laughs> now, really. Um, and then I quite like the Bucks team total under 26 and a half. Um, mm. Again, just given what we've yeah. spoken about. Um, I quite like that one. And uh, uh, Bucks team total first half under 13 and a half as well is uh, another one you can you can get at if you, if you like Brady to start slow, as he has done in uh, his other nine Super Bowls.
0: Yep, on the side here, I am on Chiefs a ton minus three. Um, I just uh I actually think that this game could get out of hand. I played some alt. Uh, lines a little bit there Brad since last we talked I played uh, six and a half on the Chiefs as well so I keep it under that key number of seven but I would played some Chiefs minus six and a half as well at plus money on that um, I do believe that this game could get out of hand I played a little bit of a sprinkle on nine and a half as well so Chiefs minus nine and a half to keep it under that Love ten it. but uh, you know you're getting nearly two and a half to one on your money for the Chiefs minus nine and a half so I have three six and a half and nine and a half in the account as far as the total. Like we said, I have no, um, I have no play. I would hold either an over ticket or pass, but uh, don't think I'm going to get there on the total. And as far as the money line goes, it'll be the same deal. I'm going to wait until about an hour or two before kickoff, which tends to present value during the Super Bowl. Most of the time, the general public, the casual bettors want to put a little bit to win a lot. They play the dog on the money line. And uh, with that, you end up getting value on the favorite on the money line as well. So I think this thing continues to tick down. As we said, it's already at minus 159 at uh, DraftKings, where this was sitting at 175, 173, even just a few days ago. So it's starting to happen already. And we haven't even seen the bulk of the public money come in yet. So uh, those are that's how I'm going to be playing this game. Of course, uh, as we mentioned, we have a bunch of prop bets as well. That's in another video on the on the page. But I uh, can't believe it's here, Brad. I, I, I'm already starting to feel the sadness like set in because I know whenever we wake up on Monday, we won't be breaking down the next week's football games. It's, it's, it's all over after this week.
1: Yeah, I, I imagine it's how, you know, you always hear about comedians or rock stars, like after a big tour, they come home, and it's just <laughs> uh, like, uh, yeah, right. I, I don't want to think about Monday, just yeah. emptiness, emptiness to all
0: baseball season stars. I know, I know, I'm a... Uh I, I'm trying to think about it myself. If you want to follow Brad at Brad Allen NFL, you want to follow me at Matt Brown M2. And uh, if you're watching this on the YouTube page, of course, hit that subscribe button down below. Uh, give us a thumbs up on this thing, and then let us know in the comment section how you are going to be playing this game, where we went wrong. Tell me and Brad were idiots or tell us we're geniuses. Either one, we can take it. We can handle it. Let us know uh, what's going on with you guys. For Brad, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next season.